When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is The Blackburns Show with Kirsty Stanway, celebrating all things women's rugby on SENZ. For ticket info, head to blackferns.com and catch all the action this season. This is how you play rugby. Like a blackfern, let's go! She's just a girl and she's on fire. Hotter than a fantasy. Lonely like a highway. She's living in a world and it's on fire. Filled with catastrophe, but she knows she can fly away. Oh, she got both feet on the ground, and she's burning it down. Oh, she got a Welcome in to the Black Fern Show, the first of its kind. It is fantastic to have you along for the ride because there's that saying, right? See it to be it. And this year, our women's rugby players are front and centre. We have the Rugby World Cup 2021 playing in 2022 in New Zealand, of course. Come October, the best 12 nations in the world will descend on Aotearoa to play in Auckland and Whangarei as we lead up to the Women's World Cup final. It's great to have you with us. We are going to be inspiring. We're going to be sharing uh, incredible stories from our rugby players and not just from the top, but we're actually going to start with club rugby players. We're going to talk uh, to Farah Palmer uh, players and we're going to inspire the next generation and hopefully we inspire you to come along on the journey with us uh, in supporting our Black Ferns women this year. Coming up on the show today, the captain of the Black Ferns, Rohei DeMont, joins us. We're going to do an in-depth interview with her and then we're going to have some fun and get to know her a little better as well with her top three music tracks which I'm excited to hear about Uh, and then we're going to have a little Black Ferns history lesson this week. We're talking about their first World Cup win back in 1998. Where were you? What were you doing in 1998? Because our women were winning their first of five World Cup titles. To talk about it, we've got Dr. Farah Palmer coming on, the former Black Ferns captain, world champion, vice chair of New Zealand rugby. She sits on the Māori rugby board as well. She's got a trophy named after her, the Farah Palmer Cup, of course, and she's an IRB Hall of Famer. She's an absolute legend uh, and was part of that first World Cup victory in 1998. We catch up with Manawatu Cyclones co-captain. It's a night of skippers tonight, actually. Uh, But Rachel Rakato comes on the program as well. Uh, She's another one of these inspirational people. She's a mum of two. Uh, She lives and breathes rugby. She also balances that with her day job uh, of being a chartered accountant. So it's going to be fantastic to talk to her because it is not too far away until the Farah Palmer Cup starts as well. July 16th. Put it in your calendar. It's a triple header coming your way. This is the Blackfin Show. I'm Kirsty Stanway. It is great to have you join. 
joining us today. Uh, first and foremost, quick hits. What's been making news in women's rugby over the weekend? It was the Oceania Sevens out at Pukekohe Stadium. We've got the highlights for you. Cody Lane decides to go to the left-hand side. Brazier is there, just draws and passes, and it's easy. Pickings for Michaela Blyde, who scores another try out on that left wing. Finds Brazier, runs across field, gives it to Kaka. She puts the right foot step in, gets rid of the first three defenders. That's Sheree Kaka, and it's a foot race. And coming across is Faith Nathan. Absolute pace being shown from the winger for Australia, but Kaka is going to get there. Wow, what a great individual effort from Sheree Kaka. To the full-time Huda sounds here in Pukekohe. Kelly Brazier is just going to kick it out. And say, let's end it there. 26 points to five. The Black Ferns Mar take the lead. The only undefeated team here. And the winners of the women's division in the Oceania Super 7 Series for 2022. The Black Ferns Show. Quick hits. Yeah, some much-needed game time for our Black Ferns 7 side because the countdown is on until the Commonwealth Games. That is the next stop for them. Birmingham on the 29th of July. We put two teams, we split our squads over the weekend to play at Pukekohe. Uh, we had Black Ferns Ma and Black Ferns Pango. Ma, of course, uh, coming out on top, beating an Australian selection side in the final. That was courtesy of Sky Sport. Uh, the Fijians came in third and our Black Ferns Pungle side in fourth, but it was a victory for New Zealand as a whole. Now, after the game, after the final, uh, there was an incredibly special moment um, and it was a haka that the team did in tribute to their strength and conditioning coach, Brad Anderson. We're going to listen to the haka first and foremost. I think it'll give you goosebumps and then I'll explain to you why it was so special. Yeah, that was an incredibly powerful moment from our Black Ferns squad delivering a haka to their strength and conditioning coach, Brad Anderson. He's been part of this whanau, part of this team uh, for the last five years. He's overseen Commonwealth Games gold uh, and Olympic success as well. And he is the reason why these women are able to play at the top of their game and make sure that they're injury-free, that they are at the very best that they can be. Um, and I asked the ladies today, I asked them what this guy means to them. And, and here's some of their words. Brad Anderson, he's everyone's favourite on the World Series. He goes out of their, his way to say hello to everyone. He's conservative. He conversates with everyone. He's always a good vibe to be around. Uh, he's always helping others. He's selfless. He's humble. He's kind. Um, and... He hates being in the spotlight as well. He'll sacrifice anything in his life to help others succeed. Um, he's a ball of energy. He's always hyping this team up and he jumps into training sessions when he needs to push these athletes to their limits. Um, he's the last to leave work 
because he's always trying to help with training plans, help the girls understand the GPS data, what it means, scheduling. His work never stops. He's a massive family man and has strong cultural roots as well. He's going to be sorely missed in this team. Uh, And the farewell that they did, that the Blackfern Sevens did for Brad Anderson, it's being described as, it was like a tonguey because he means so much. There were a lot of tears, uh, but he'll be sent on his way with their best blessings. He's on to his next journey with his whanau. He'll take them overseas uh, to Japan, uh, and he goes with the absolute blessing from the Blackferns Sevens Fano. So to you, Brad Anderson, thank you so much for everything that you have done in this environment uh, for women's rugby, for women's sevens in this country. We salute you. Time now for our feature interview. Ruahei DeMont, our Blackferns captain, joins us on the line. Ruahei, great to have you part of our first Blackferns show today. Uh, tell us, what does your day look like now that you're a professional athlete? Kia ora, Kirsty. Um, thanks so much for having me on the show. Um, yeah, now that I'm a professional athlete, um, the days look very different to um, when I was working full-time, that's yeah. for sure. Um, there's no more 5.30 a.m. gym sessions. Um, most days, um, the girls and I go into training around any time between 7 or 9. Um, we'll have either um, a strength session, um, some days, it's uh, speed. Sometimes we're focusing on power. Um, we do skill sessions, and those are all very specific to our positions. Um, we do a lot of conditioning and off conditioning. Um, we have educational sessions as well throughout the week. So um, for a sports player that can look anything like um, mental skills, um, helping us with our on-field and off-field um, tactics and skills to help us deal with pressure or you know kind of resets or anything that can happen in a game um and of course there's on-field rugby trainings in there as well and um the game day and recovery it's full on isn't it it's full on um when you mentioned game day obviously you've just finished uh the pacific four series and you went through that unbeaten as well three from three um, which was an amazing accomplishment and to also have rugby back in New Zealand was fantastic as well what did you learn about the team uh, over those last three weeks being in camp together and having some game time yeah um, it was so nice to be able to play at home Mm. Um, I think the last time we had the opportunity to to play international tests at home was before the pandemic um, and that made a massive difference to how the girls got up each game um, and our our desire to play and play well in front of our family. Um, it, it was it was so awesome to have that home support. Um, the not only the not just the three weeks, but I guess just since the start of the year as we've built towards you know the Rugby World Cup that's mm. kicking off in October, um, we've spent a lot of time creating and building trust off the field um, and, you know, creating those off-field connections. And I think that translated to our on-field performance. Um, I love the courage that the girls showed um, each training that we turned up to in each game. It seemed to be that every time we played a game, it was pouring down with rain. (laughs) But that didn't stop um, the girls' willingness to try and play an up-tempo style of rugby. 
um, and I know that that's something that we will continue to enhance um, and do as we build towards the World Cup. You talk about the style, um, and yes, you're right, the weather wasn't ideal, but we still, still saw how you wanted to play. How has the style changed um, playing under Wayne Smith, and does that suit your game? Does that suit Kiwis more, do you think? Yeah, um, to be honest, I don't know if it's actually changed that much. Um, I think it's been refreshing having a new voice there for the girls. Yeah. Um, the the initial style is obviously really fast and, um, you know, he likes to play on top of his opposition and keep the ball alive. And I think that that was something that we tried to do with um, our previous coach, but I don't think that um, we were all quite there. Um, personally, I think that since the girls, you know, the majority of the team has now become professional um, yeah. and we've been able to get ourselves into better physical shape and um, better execute our skill set, um, it's made a massive difference to our ability to actually execute the game plan. Yeah, and it is so fantastic that you are now professional athletes as well. Um, I wanted to talk to you about the debutants over the series. You're obviously skipper um, and one of the wiser heads in the team, but you had quite a number of debutants. Is every game like a trial match because you don't have that many uh, games before the World Cup and there's so much competition, right? Like the depth in women's rugby in New Zealand right now is incredible. Yeah, there's so much depth, um, not only in the squad that was playing, but just in yeah. general across like all the Farah Palmer teams as well. Um, and it's crazy to see how talented all these young players are, you know, coming straight out of school. We even had um, young Kelsey Tennessee come across from the Sevens environment. Yeah. Um, it, it creates a massive load of competition between positions, but um, it brings out the best in the girls. Um, and we all know that, you know, everyone's gunning for those spots. Yeah. Um, it's a bit of a headache for our coaches, <laughs> but it's so fun as a player. Yeah. It's, it's a good headache as well. I'm sure that they would rather have this competition, right? Um, I wanted to park the rugby yeah. for a little bit and actually talk about your journey because, um, we always hear like how you when you get to the top but we don't often hear about the journey to get there and you've had an interesting journey um you obviously grew up in the bay of plenty um with five siblings you grew up speaking to the Maori as well so that's a big part of you but can you just talk to us um about growing up and about your journey into this black jersey yeah um like you like you said i'm from a really small community in the eastern bay of plenty um, and our first game when we played in Tauranga was my first time I've ever been able to play in front of like my extended whanau. Wow. So that was really special for me. Um, and that's the closest I've ever played in the black jersey to where, where I come from. Um, uh, like you said, I, I grew up, my, my whanau and I grew up um, going to the Papa. So um, we spoke Māori um, and my first experience playing rugby was on the marae as a kid uh, with all my cousins. Um, and um, when I was about 12, my, my whanau and I, we moved up to the Walkworth area um, for my dad's work. And it wasn't until we moved up there that I started playing girls rugby um, when I was about 12 or 13. Um, and unfortunately at that time, rugby wasn't uh, like wildly popular. Um, and 
as I started to get towards the end of high school, that was when the sevens was announced as um, an Olympic sport mm. and they started driving the Go for Gold campaign and so they started to be like a massive rise of popularity of, of sevens and the girls um, were introduced as um, part of the Condor sevens. Um, but um, in North Harbour there still wasn't a like a like a 15s competition. There just wasn't enough interest. So my sister and I started playing rugby um, for College Rifles, which is a rugby club down here in Auckland. And um, I remember walking to training or going to training and my first time walking into the rugby club, there was all the club's international players along the front of the bar yeah. and like 85% of the players were all black fans. And that was my first time seeing anything like that. And we were going to training with players like, um, you know, Jensen. Anna Richards was our coach. Um, we had, honestly, I could, name, I could name like a whole black fans team, the, yeah. the amount of black fans that were at um, our club trainings. And my sister and I, you know, we saw how they trained and the sacrifices that they made and we wanted to be like them. So, um, that's kind of where we both started, you know, that, that fire, I guess, that passion to, to want to be in the black jersey started. Um, Kitty, my younger sister, she debuted for the Black Friends in 2015 over in Canada, um, which was massive for Alfano. Mm. That was so cool. Um, at the time, uh, I was rehabbing with a knee injury. Um, uh, so my journey to the black jersey took a bit longer than most. I had three ACL reconstructions um, before I got to my trial and had the opportunity to debut in 2018. Um, and I'm really grateful and thankful for my club because it didn't matter whether or not I could or couldn't play. Yeah. Um, the girls, the team were always there to you know, to, to help me. Um, and I was always there to help my teammates as well reach their potential. Um, so I have a massive place in my heart for grassroots rugby and, and my club, College Rifles. Um, yeah, that's kind of my guess, journey towards the, to the black jersey. That's an amazing journey. We're speaking to Rohe Dumont, the captain of our Black Ferns. Um, so many things that I want to talk to you after that about, uh, firstly, playing rugby at the Marae. Was it rugby? Was it bull rush? What, what were your memories? Yeah, it was both. <laughs> um, you know, there's no rules. It's either you, um, you go hard or you cry to someone and no one really cares too much about, about us outside. Um, oh. I guess it's just like anyone who's grown up in the middle of nowhere, you know, yeah. when back in the days when you were running around outside barefoot, yeah. um, if anyone had a ball, it didn't really matter what ball it was, what shape it was. Yeah. The only game we were playing was rugby. Um, yeah, pretty much it. And it's fun, right? Like it is, it is so much fun. Um, the three yep. ACL knee reconstructions, like going through one is tough enough, um, coming back from the rehab, but doing that twice over or three times over, I should say, um, how difficult was that not only physically, um, but we obviously talk a lot about um, mental health now as well. So how was that for your total well-being? Yeah, um well, the first time I did my knee and I had the surgery, 
um, I was so young, I didn't really realise that you could have an injury that was so bad that you had to get surgery to fix it up. So I guess I was so naive and the whole process was like a bit of um, an eye-opening experience. Um, The second time, I guess, because it was the same injury, it wasn't too bad, but the third time, that was really tough. Um, mentally because of the physical challenges that came with, you know, redoing my ACL game. Um, It was really, really character building and I I learned a lot about, you know, my identity outside of rugby. Um, And it wasn't all bad. Like, uh, I had time then to focus on my studies, um, to grow passions outside of sport, because sports isn't going to be there forever. And um, that very real realisation that, you know, you're only one injury away, mm. one game away from, you know, um, potentially ever being able to play a game, I, I know what that feels like. Yeah, um, uh, yeah like it was, it, was, it was really challenging. It was really challenging, but I, I had really, really uh, supportive... Yeah. loyal friends um, and family who, you know, despite my ups and my downs, they were there for me yeah. at the end of the day. Um, and I also had a great physio as well who helped me and guided me through my um, my rehab. And yeah, having a great physio makes a massive difference. Yeah. And as you say, having a great support system as well. Um, you mentioned study. I just wanted to mention it. Uh, for those that don't know, uh, you are also a lawyer. Does that help you when you're on the playing field, especially being skipper, trying to talk to the referee and get your point across? I think anyone who's been a captain or, you know, tried to talk to a referee <laughs> will know that it doesn't matter what your background is. It's pretty hard to try and um, change their mind. Um, I, I I think that like if if one of my friends like Kendra Cox said yeah. was the captain, you know, because she's right there, right by the ref all the time, she'd probably give the the ref a headache. So I think <laughs> they're probably happy that I'm the captain, but I'm a bit further away, so there's not that constant chat. <laughs> It's so inspiring, though. It's so inspiring hearing your story and having you as our Blackfern skipper. And we so appreciate that you've given up your time to come and talk to us on the Blackfern show today. Uh, We're not done yet. When we come back, we are going to go through your Desert Island disc, your top three songs, um, and work out the reasons and the stories behind them. Yes, this is the Black Fern Show. We're talking to the captain of the Black Ferns, Ruahe DeMont, uh, in what is a massive year for women's rugby in this country. We want to take you along on this journey with them, so do get behind and support our incredible ladies. Uh, we're picking, well, Ruahe's picking her three favourite songs, and she's going to describe to us why they're her favourites, what memories are associated with these songs. Uh, the first one, you've just heard it, and I hope I'm saying this right, Tez Caddy, Sev um, is who it's by. Never heard this song, Ruahei, but I love it. Why is it special to you? To be honest, Kirsty, I don't even know if you said the name right either. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love the song. It's, it's um, our pregame song nice. for um, our College Rifles Seabirds team, our, our Premier Women's team. We have like a, a little chant um, that gets pretty hype that we play before every single game um, when we're putting on our jerseys and go back into the changing room after the warm-up. So um, I love listening to the song every game day um, before I go out and warm-up and um, play. 
I love it. I love the song. I love the meaning behind it as well. Um, and I love your next song. I, I saw her recently at Coachella, Shania Twain, um, one of the most incredible artists. Your next song, Forever and Always. Yeah. This, this is another song that we play once in our um, changing rooms. Um, down at College Rifles, but um, also it's usually one of the songs that plays in our Auckland Storm changing rooms as well. Nice. Um, it always brings back really heavy memories of me and my teammates, you know, dressing up, getting ready to, to go out and play. Um, and it's usually a favourite in the changing rooms after the game as well. So, um, yeah, that's why I love this song. Are you a singer? Do you sing along? Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> I love it. What What are the songs? Yeah. What are your go-tos when you're singing? Um, this song, this is like one of the top songs, and yeah. it's usually on repeat. Yeah. Um, uh, when we were away for our pack four tournament, um, the girls kept playing Man, I Feel Like a Woman all yeah. the time. It's such a banger, <laughs> yeah. though. It's a that classic. Was favorite. <laughs> never oh, yeah, never sure gets is. old. Um, your third Never. song, your third song today, Rohe, is Hayley Reinhardt, Can't Help Falling in Love. We'll have a wee listen. Wise men say only fools How does that yeah. one make you feel when that's played? Um, that's, that song makes me sad and happy because... That was um, that was our dog's favourite song, Aww. and she passed away last year. But she um, she came to all of our rugby trainings and all of our games. And every time we played that song, it didn't matter what um, what she was doing, if she was being naughty or anything, she'd usually chill out, and it would calm her down. <laughs> what so was her now name? She's gone. It makes me sad and miss her. Aww. Her name was Darling. She was our mascot. Oh, Darling! And what kind of dog was she? Our darling was a black lab cross collie. Oh, and I, I imagine that all the girls would have adopted her as their own as well. Yeah, it was a, was a pretty sad night when she turned up for her last game last year. Um, yeah, everyone loved her. She was everyone's darling. Oh, well, thank you so much for sharing that with us. Like, music has such an important part to play, right? In life and sport, like, it, it evokes memories, it evokes emotion out of us. So thank you for sharing uh, your top three songs with us. And thank you so much for coming on the Blackfern Show um, and talking about your side. Uh, we're so lucky to have you joining this program and we cannot wait for what's to come uh, over the next six months. It's so awesome. Thank you, Kirsty. It's been a pleasure talking to you tonight. Thank you so much, Ruahei, and we'll talk soon. Ruahei DeMont there, captain of the Black Ferns, um, incredible leader. Uh, she is such an inspiration, and we've been lucky to have her on the programme. We're not done yet. We're only halfway through the Black Ferns show. We've got another couple of amazing interviews as well. Coming up next, your Black Ferns history lesson. <laughs> is your Black Ferns history lesson. The year was 1998. Jenny Shipley was running the country as our Prime Minister. I, I don't think there's any other explanation. I mean, my male colleagues chose me as the leader of the National Party. There weren't 
a group of women coalescing around women. It was around, you know, what does New Zealand need now and who is the best person to take that leadership responsibility. That was the conversation and that's how I became a leader. Auckland City was hit with a five-week-long power outage and the global heatwave was having an effect on Aotearoa, with the country basking in the warmest temperatures in 60 years. On the radio, This Boy Is Mine by Brandy and Monica was blasting topping charts across the world. Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet were making waves at the box office with the movie Titanic running red hot for more than three months. Remember this? Now close your eyes. Go on. Now step up. Now hold on to the railing. Keep your eyes closed, don't peek. I'm not. Step up onto the rail. Hold on. Hold on. Keep your eyes closed. <laughs> And on 16 May 1998, our Black Ferns won their first Women's World Cup, starting an avalanche of success to come. Audio and video highlights are hard to find, which shows just how far the women's game has come in a couple of decades. So you'll just have to trust me to tell the story. 1998 was the first official World Cup. There were two previous events in 1991 and 1994, but those tournaments weren't sanctioned by World Rugby. New Zealand came into the tournament ranked fourth, but there is no way they would let their ranking define them. They went through the pool stage unbeaten and would meet the defending champions England in the semi-finals, the match everyone had been waiting for. But it was a lopsided affair with coach Daryl Suasua's side running away victors 44 points to 11. Onto the final at the National Rugby Centre in Amsterdam, known as the NRCA. Not a bad place to tour, but these women, they had worked their butts off to be there and fundraised to be able to afford it. Our Black Ferns were unbeaten heading into the final and that wasn't about to change. They beat the USA that day, 44-12, with Waikato winger Vanessa Coote scoring four of New Zealand's eight tries. It was a thumping. That was it. New Zealand were champions of the world for the first time. Names like Palmer, Richards, Coates, Wall and Robinson would become legendary. And that entire team of 98 have paved the way for many who have gone on to wear the black jersey ever since. That is your Black Ferns history lesson for today. Yeah, great job to our producer, Ben, uh, for producing our history lesson today. And it was a significant moment because that started it. That was the beginning for our women's side, the Black Ferns. And they've gone on to win five World Cup titles and counting. We're hoping 
for a six one on home soil here in New Zealand later this year. Uh, and part of what this program, the Blackfin Show, is all about is showcasing our incredible women, telling their inspiring stories and bringing you along for the journey as well. Uh, we've had a couple of messages in. Michael loves watching our Black Ferns and our Black Fern Sevens. So do I, Michael. They are great to watch and they're fantastic ambassadors for the game as well. Um, and we're lucky that we're able to bring you these stories. Jace has messaged in from Christchurch. How proud does it make you feel to be a Kiwi and know that we have such a quality lady leading our team? Go girls. That is Maurua Hay-Demont, our captain of the Black Ferns. Great to be able to have her on our first ever Black Ferns show as well. Uh, we've still got another interview with our co-captain of the Manawatu Cyclones, uh, Rachel Rakato. Be great to get her on board. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to get to know Rachel a little bit and tell you her story, because I tell you what, it's just as inspiring. Yes, it's a massive year for women's rugby in this country. Come along on the journey, show your support, and it is great to have you joining us here on the first Blackfern show, the first of many. We are doing this every fortnight. Uh, Scott's messaged in, loving this show. We'll definitely be getting my daughter to listen to this later. Well done for putting the show on and giving women's sport the platform it deserves. Thank you so much for your message, Scott. And there's a good point. Uh, You don't just have to listen to this live on the radio, but uh, it will be... um, It'll be put out on our SENZ app as well or wherever you get your podcast from, Spotify or Apple. So if you want to share this with someone, if you know that someone would be really interested in hearing from Ruahe or hearing from Rachel, who we're about to hear from, then do share it with them uh, and let them know that it is on every second week between 7 and 8pm right here on SENZ. Well, time now for our interview with our Manawatu Cyclones co-captain, Rachel Rakato, and firstly, Rachel, Thank you so much for giving up your time. We know that you're incredibly busy. Um, so welcome into the program. <laughs> Thank, no, thanks um, for having me. This is an awesome program and um, like I've just kind of made, been made aware of it. So it'll be cool to um, share it around. Well, thank you so much. We're actually, we feel very lucky to have you on the program. Before we get into some rugby questions, we want to get to know you a little bit more. So we've got a couple of quick fire questions for you that are a little bit of fun. Um, the first one, what's your go-to meal? Like if you have to pick something, what is it? Um, probably, oh, what would, I, what would I usually go for? Maybe just like chicken and chips. And is it something that you cook yourself or do you go out and grab the chicken and chips? <laughs> Probably go out and grab it. <laughs> hey, it's it's a lot of people's favourite meal. It's a good one. Um, what about your favourite movie or maybe favourite song, whichever one you're into more, or maybe a favourite book? Um, actually, my favourite books at the moment, I've been reading the um, Seven Sisters series. Nice. So they've been interesting. And I mean, I'm not a big reader, but I've been definitely into those. Something that you'd recommend? Yes, definitely, yep. Well, there you go. Yeah. You've got a book recommendation? <laughs> yeah, I'm about four, four um, of the books through. Nice, nice. Um, okay, and what about, do you have a hidden talent or is there like a fun fact that we might not know about you? No, I don't really have any hidden talents. The fun fact is I'm still afraid of the dark. <laughs> is that really true? Yes, it's really true. I will run uh, I will run in the hallway of my house without turning the light on. No, to be fair, I shouldn't laugh at you because I'm exactly the same. I'm terrible. I can't be by myself at home at night. <laughs> like, it's a real thing. 
That's a real thing. Um, that was awesome. Thank you for sharing that with us um, and getting to know you a little bit deeper. Let's get into it. Um, first and foremost, um, you're a mum of two. Um, you're super inspiring. You're also a chartered accountant and you play rugby as well. How do you balance everything? How does that work for you? Um, it's crazy. And at the moment, the kids are climbing all over me. <laughs> if it- it's not home, so I'm pretty thankful to have an awesome husband who yeah. basically just takes over. Um, and at the moment, he's away for work, so it's just me and the kids. Um, and then just our whanau, like, they help out and pretty much have to pick up all the slack because I'm away all the time, all working. Yeah. It is so cute that we can hear them laughing in the background. Are they the best of friends? Yes, they're the best of friends and they're the worst enemy. <laughs> They love each other. Is that what it was like with you and your sister growing up? Yes, uh, yes. We've we've got um, a similar age gap, so it was definitely the same. I can see so many similarities. Oh, that's very nice. Very nice. Um, Okay, well, I want to talk about your journey into rugby. Where did it start for you? When did you first pick up a rugby ball? Do you remember? Yes, I didn't actually start playing until I was 22, and then I, um, just because I thought, oh, I've had enough of netball, I'll play rugby now. And then I did my um, ACR, so I didn't play again for like another two to three years. <laughs> That's crazy um, that you didn't start until 22. But I guess the yeah. pathways weren't there um, previously like they are now. Yeah, I, I think I just, um, oh, my sister played and she yeah. always played at high school and, and we obviously had Rob Jones at our high school, and yeah. I don't know. I just I was scared to play. <laughs> and then as soon as I started playing, it was um it was awesome. It was such a cool game. So what did you love about rugby when you came across? I just I think I liked connecting with all the girls. It was like um everyone was like really supportive, and it was just like a fun time. And that's what I yeah that's the most thing that I liked about rugby is playing with all. And playing with all different age groups too. Yeah. I mean, we still do that now. I'm one of the oldest in our cyclone team, but then we also have like 18. But we've got a few 16 year olds in the squad this year. Yeah. It's pretty. And I help coach them at Manukura, so it's like, it's pretty crazy. Wow. (laughs) So it's come full circle. I was going to ask you about that. Um, Being one of the older heads in the team, what opportunities come um, from playing in this Farah Palmer Cup competition? Like, what have you noticed over the years? Oh, just like the whole high-performance units in in the provincial unions when I started. So I only played for um, Manawatu in 2018 where I had my first child. And then there was no high-performance then, but the next year there was. And I just, even that having to... um, like we've well supported now with heaps of resources, with nutrition, yeah. um, a personal development manager, physios. Um, just we've got heaps more support now. I mean, it is a it is a lot harder workload, but you can tell from, especially in our provincial union, that we're 
pretty well looked after. Yeah, and that's how it should be as well. Um, that's awesome yeah. that those changes have been made um, because you deserve it, your athletes. Um, can I ask you, what, what's your career highlight so far? I'm going to take a stab in the dark and say maybe it was last year's FPC Championship, but for you, what is it that springs to mind? What's been your best rugby moment? Um, there's a couple, definitely winning the championship last year and being co-captain for that. Um, I, at the start of the year, I probably, um, didn't expect at all to be asked, um, to be co-captain and then Shorty had to go away for the Olympics. So I was left, (laughs) I was thinking, oh my gosh, I actually, there's so many other things that you have to do as a captain. And so that was really cool. And we had such an awesome season, um, so that definitely was a highlight because I hadn't won the title before. And then and then um making the hurricanes that and yeah. and debuting for the hurricanes personally that was that was special for me. I mean I didn't get a contract originally and then um lucky enough to get one a bit later so that was that was awesome and playing with Sarah. Yeah. Um yeah, debuting with Sarah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, I was going to say, because um, I'm taking out that family is pretty important to you. Um, they've been able to support you right throughout your career and um, with your children and man- balancing work and everything. Um, and we know 2021 was a tough year for your whanau, wasn't it? Losing um, your mum and probably one of your biggest inspirations. Yeah, um, yeah, it was crazy. Crazy times and such a devastation. Um, but... I think with her, she was like our biggest supporter and she would come to everything. Like me, when I was um, I was about 13 weeks pregnant, I had my daughter with me and me and mum, my daughter, we flew to France and we were there for four days to support Sarah and we surprised her in France because yeah. um, she was playing her 200th, her 200th World Series tournament and just that's how much um, mum supported us. And yeah. It, yeah. And I mean, it was such a devastation, but we just knew that we just had to keep going and she would be so proud of all the uh, all the stuff that we've achieved since. Absolutely. Um, thank you for sharing that as well, Rachel. I know it mustn't be easy. Um, I also wanted to talk to you before we let you go because I know that you've got kids climbing over you and they're asking for things, but what has the game of rugby given to you? Um, For me, it's the connections to all different types of people. Um, Like I said, you play with such a wide range of Mm. age groups and you actually learn heaps of stuff from the younger girls um, and then even the older ones. And like everyone's going through different in different life um, paths and and we're all at different stages of life and you're kind of like oh I can really help someone here or or you're looking at them like oh that's interesting like I never thought about it thought about it like that just because they've grown up kind of in a different generation so that's been really cool I've really enjoyed that and I think it's um, definitely a reason that's kept me going I thought of maybe not giving up but just retiring at the end of last year and then one of the girls messaged me and said oh like I'm I'm really enjoying your leadership and I thought okay maybe I can keep going for it for a little bit longer but that's a nice story isn't it yeah yeah it is really nice and I, I don't 
think that I have that impact on some people, but then when you see or when when they actually tell you that you're like oh okay I am maybe I am doing something something right yeah you absolutely are you're having a massive impact um thank you so much for coming on the program thank you for everything that you're doing in rugby in New Zealand as well but yeah thank you so much for your time we can't wait to see you back in action July 16 it all starts again yeah thank you so much for having me and sorry if the kids were taking over oh, it was great it's real right that is real life Rachel Rakato the co-captain of the Manawatu Cyclones joining us here on the Blackfern show the first of many shows to come where we're going to showcase we're going to celebrate um, our women's rugby player in this country and inspire you to come along on the journey so thank you so much for joining us today and we will be back in two weeks time great job Ben well done and thank you again.